0: second season which I'm excited about but if you haven't heard like the first start to know who we are you Uh may want to do that so for people that want like cliff note version I'm a musician slash PI and I am just telling everything all of my cases sometimes and which I'm probably losing some friends or maybe lost them already for telling the (laughs) truth about some of this stuff which means they probably really weren't my friends anyway right
1: hey you know I think that everybody just goes along with life so here we are right yeah here
0: we are yeah. Shelley is my dear friend and the funny one yes. so oh. to, to, to kind of keep all this heavy stuff lighter and if you want to learn more about us go back and listen to the intro and then there's an right. episode that just talks about Shelly so you can get to know Shelly that's my music at the beginning of the podcast I wrote it I play the sax on it that's My passion is music, and and then I also kind of have a passion for justice. So that kind of made me be a PI.
1: These are your stories. These are your cases. Yes. So the audience needs to understand, I'm hearing them for the first time right now on every podcast. Right. They never give me any... I don't like, even give you a heads up. No, I don't, I
0: don't <laughs> tell you like what it's going to be about <laughs> uh-uh. because I want you to be authentic when you hear it. Exactly. So, so people yeah. need to
1: understand when you're hearing it, I'm hearing it for the first time. So that's why yes. I'm getting my... True reactions. <laughs> right, right,
0: which is awesome. Some are
1: really under control and some are not. <laughs> That's true.
0: <laughs> this week's episode is about a case. we I was in trial two years ago in January, right before the lockdown hit. It was like the last trial that happened.
1: Oh, really? And
0: okay. it was the last trial in federal court in Utah before wow. everything shut down. It started out as Chinese espionage. Well, and wait,
1: wait. Chinese espionage here in Salt Lake? That's weird. Yes. Okay. And
0: then those were the initial charges. And then as we were getting closer to trial, they changed it from espionage because I think they realized they couldn't get a conviction on that. So then they were going with theft of trade secrets. Theft of trade yeah, secrets.
1: Yeah. So okay.
0: it's just a sidestep from espionage, Really? Yeah. <laughs> Same thing, but just yeah. trying to okay. say it a little nicer so it didn't seem so scary, I think, for a jury to convict on this. Oh, and okay. this was a David and Goliath case, if I've ever had one. Oh, my gosh. My client was from Vietnam. And as you know, if you're just starting to listen to our podcast, you will learn from the first season, I hate bullies. True. And I hate injustice. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. will fight with all the passion that I have mm-hmm. to even that and to make things fair. Yes. I know life isn't fair, but if I can do anything to help make it fair, I'm going to.
1: I feel the same way about bullies, but sometimes yes. in the process of fighting to support the one that's being bullied, you hope that the bully learns a lesson, you know.
0: Oh, so, exactly. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, so it can be kind of yeah. complicated and then sometimes it, you just don't care. You're like take them out <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> so
0: in this case our Goliath is one of the biggest medical device corporations in the world. Oh, okay Yeah, they're in the fortune 500. It is a 17 billion dollar corporation Oh, wow, I know like don't give up if you think like I don't know if this is gonna be an interesting episode Just give us a chance because basically this is the white collar case with a blue collar consequence if we lose this guy was going to prison for likely the rest of his life cuz he was in his 60s okay so it's a so, very very serious
1: yeah so anytime charge. you do espionage or
0: theft of trade secrets
1: does this become like it seems like people that have been convicted that you see in you know worldwide or whatever go to prison, doesn't matter what your age, you're pretty well gone for the rest of your life, correct?
0: Pretty well, yes. And he was facing 11 counts of theft of trade secrets. Okay. So he came here from Vietnam back when there was the war going on in Vietnam. He was young and he was a refugee and he literally escaped Vietnam in the night with his brother on a boat. Oh, wow. The story of that was fascinating to me. Okay. He's in the ocean. They don't know who's their ally. Who's, there's a big, like, military ship that comes along, and they didn't know if they were going to shoot at them and kill them or not. Oh. Like, it was...
1: And he was this, a child or a young adult?
0: He, he oh. was a teenager at that time. Wow. And his dad said, you can't stay here in Vietnam. There's no wow. opportunity. There, like Their lives were horrible. And wow. he said, you got to get out. And so they made enough money to pay for passage for him and his brother to get on oh, this boat. Kidding. But they didn't have yeah. supplies for everyone. I mean, it wasn't like a passenger oh, boat. No. Like, yeah. oh, we're going to yeah. take you. It's yeah. it's like a boat that shouldn't be going for that long that far. And having people and, on it.
1: Mm-hmm. And having
0: people on it. So they didn't have enough supplies. And this big ship sees them. And they, they actually brought them in and brought them to Germany. And... My client's name was is Min, Minh, M I N H. Minh. Okay. It's a it's a Vietnamese name, and apparently he is pretty damn bright. He speaks like five languages oh, with wow. a horrible accent, a horrible horrible accent, mind <laughs> you. Like, but to understand the languages is amazing to me. Right. I mean, I, right. I struggle with Spanish, and half the words are like. Just put an A or an O on the end of our English Mm -hmm.
1: word. Like taco, enchilada.
0: (laughs) 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 So he started college in Germany, but then ended up coming to America and coming Uh to the University of Utah. And no question in my mind, this guy's a genius. We didn't have all the background of all that. I know this guy's a genius. He had over 200 inventions. Oh, Over 200 kidding. patents. 27 years ago, which well, 29 now, he started working for Becton Dickinson. Okay, I'll just refer to them as BD from here out. And okay. BD is, like I say, it's a $17 billion corporation. If you want to put that in perspective, Victoria's Secret, that we see Victoria's Secret's in all the malls everywhere. Everybody right. knows the name. They've got the sure. runway on TV. Victoria's Secret is about maybe $1 billion. Like one-seventeenth of the size of Beckton Dixon's. Wow. And they do medical devices, and men was in research and development. They have an office in Utah. They had a bunch of employees here, and he started out just being the lab guy. Because okay. of his brilliance, he ended up becoming the head of the research and development lab here in Utah. Okay. Through his work, they would patent all these inventions he would have. So what they would do, like a lot of times they would ask men to go to the hospital and watch doctors go into surgery and watch the surgeons and talk to them and say, what would help you? What would, what, how would this, how would mm-hmm. it, how can I make your life better? And one of the things was the doctors were having to scrub up as part of their scrubbing up. They'd have to make it like foamy, Right. Okay. And so they said it would help us if instead of having to do that it would just be foamy and we just immediately it was lathery, then we could just put it on instead of making it that way, so that was gotcha. one of the things that men did and oh, did okay. a, he did a lot of things like that, like hundreds of patents over over a hundred patents. I think it's more like t- over two hundred patents that wow. doesn't mean that all of them made the money, but let me yeah. tell this case involves. Like two patents, really. One of the patents he made was for a single micro cap. So on an IV, and I know you've seen this, that when you go to the hospital, what they were having problems with is when people would be in the hospital and they'd put an IV in, and then they'd have right. to give them shots for different things. Right. And when you're in the hospital, you're getting tons of shots. You need this and right. this and this and this. Right. And every time you puncture the skin, open the skin, you are vulnerable to infection. And so what he did, and I know you've seen this in the hospital, he invented this cap that you could put in the IV, so they a nurse could just come in, put the needle. In, it was an antimicrobial.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it shoots it into the side, and you do, and yes. it doesn't come into. You. Yes, I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that was and Min's that was invention. one of his. Okay. That was one of
0: his inventions. He thought it was such a great invention because because any t- prior to this this antimicrobial cap on it, anytime that they would inject anything in there, there would be bacteria, and so sure. then people would get infection. So with his antimicrobial cap, that protected the system, and it was cheap, it was just this little plastic cap, very yeah. cheap to make, but life-changing, and, and ultimately mm-hmm. saving millions and millions of Millions of, of lives, right, yes. and, and millions, millions of, of lives, lives. yes. Right. Right. And that, he prided himself so much on saving lives. It was really okay. a cool thing because he's a real science guy. My guess is he's on the spectrum of autism. Okay. Like mm-hmm. super, super bright. But, yeah. But mm-hmm. not expressive not emotional I'm not on the spectrum because my like usually people on the spectrum have a very high IQ <laughs> I am safe <laughs> well, I'm right behind you <laughs> no one has ever accused me of being on the spectrum
1: uh-uh. or and then, they, yep I get it me either
0: and <laughs> or being highly 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 intelligent yes I've never been accused of either mm-hmm. of those damn things. it and, I know and, And I'm very emotional, very expressive. Being a musician, Uh you would kind of expect that. Right. I'm watching for emotion. I'm meeting with Min prior to trial. I was preparing him to testify and going through every piece of the case. How'd you get in this spot? What happened? So Min wanted, he so desperately wanted to change the world with every invention. He, as probably most inventors, like I am with my music, Mm -hmm. I think every song I wrote is fabulous and should be a hit. And Mm -hmm. everyone should believe it is. Right. (laughs) On the same line, Men believes that every invention he had could change the world and make the world a better place. Well, BD didn't share that opinion. So when he wanted to actually manufacture that cap, BD didn't want to put the money into it. And that's that's a fair amount of money to develop okay. it. To because it's one thing to have the patent and be able to do it, but it's an entirely other thing to actually make it, put it, into, it, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yep, to okay. actually
0: make the product. So it was one of his many inventions that were kind of I call it sitting on the shelf. Okay. It was like they had a vault with their secrets. And sure. I'm not kidding you. They called it Trade Secrets. We talked a lot about this with Coca-Cola. The uh-huh. recipe for Coca-Cola, there are literally only like three people mm-hmm. know what is and in it's that handed, recipe. Yes. yes. Handed down yes. exactly. And it I mean and you have to treat something that is an actual trade secret. There's a legal definition of it, and there's also common sense. Like, Sure. You can imagine if you are Coca-Cola, you're not going to want to have a whole bunch of employees have access to that recipe. Or it'll be in so, everybody's backyard uh, barbecue. Yeah, it'll be posted on <laughs> Facebook. Hey, yeah. uh-huh. guess uh-huh. what I got.
1: Here's a yeah. recipe
0: for Coca-Cola. You can make it at exactly. your house. So all of these patents, although they are patented and they're locked up in their vault of patents they don't rise to the level of trade secret okay there are different levels and a patent is is protected but a trade secret is like only three people know that a patent is public everyone can read the patent who owns the patent where do you get it right and
1: And can i buy it it? just
0: like yeah yeah okay yeah and can can i license it can i use it Mm -hmm. if you're not using it so what happened was there was a guy in San Diego he had this idea, hey, you know what we need, and he had the idea after after men did, men beat him to it. Men okay. already had the patent. And again, B D owns that patent. Okay. First he sees that B D owns the patent, that men created it, so he's like, Ah, I'm too late, someone else did it. So he lets go of the idea. Then he thinks better of it later. And so he called this guy he knows, which happens to be one of men's bosses at okay. BD. And this all came out in trial, so I'm telling you, everything I'm telling you is public record. So he asks him this single antimicrobial cap, are you guys manufacturing it or using it? And he said, no, but we wish someone would. And when he says we, I think it was his opinion, we wish they would. And so that guy said, well, will you license it to me? Well, BD's not doing anything with it. So, hey, if we license it to someone, we can make money on it. So they license it yeah. to the guy. We really believe as defense... We believe they didn't think that it would be that successful. So the guy that bought right. it—I mean, you have seen it. Probably everyone listening has everywhere. seen this device mm-hmm. everywhere. Right? It is everywhere. And although they're they're very cheap, it's just a little piece of plastic. It's sure. life changing. And when anything's life changing, it becomes very valuable. It saves the hospitals' right. lives. It mm-hmm. Saves hospitals because mm-hmm. so. Yeah. All of a sudden, he, this guy is making a ton of money on it. He actually ended up selling just the company that owned the license. Because remember, he doesn't own the patent. Right. But he was selling these all over the world. Oh, mostly yeah. Mostly in the U.S. And he sold his license and the company that made those for, I believe, somewhere around $200 million. Oh, my. Wow. Wow. And that is mm-hmm. one of men's inventions. Wow. Okay. So, men made very good money. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. he earned... Every penny that he made just even if only the one invention, he would have made it right. So he okay. so BD made money on that Not as much sure. money as that guy made because they no. didn't manufacture it themselves Because if you're willing to take the risk of making it and put it marketing it and everything else If you do the bulk of the work you get, then the, you bulk should get the bulk energy. of the money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay.
0: so that's how it worked so years later men has an idea hey I want to do a dual cap. So it isn't just one end, it's two ends. And it was the same thing, but it was a dual cap. And he went to some of his bosses. This is a huge corporation. There are like 100,000 employees in this company. It's big. So he goes to his superiors and he asks them, hey, we own this patent already. BD owned the patent. He said, I'd like to manufacture it. They said, well, think about it. We're not interested. Okay, now wait.
1: So he's made the single one. And they mm-hmm. sold it to this man over here who made all the money. Now, yes. Min is saying, I want to do a dual one. At the same time he invented the single,
0: actually also filed a patent and invented did the dual.
1: Like, okay, so now he's going to his bosses and say, I would like to buy that because I would like to manufacture it similar nope. to what the guy did. No, no okay, nope. then I'm not confused. even that. That's what the government okay. was
0: claiming. That's what the government okay. thought he was doing. But what he did is he went to his bosses. He went to... Miss Lucas Savage, who is their patent attorney, and he said okay. We own the patent on this. I would really like for us and you know, we see that this guy is making all this money that we licensed it, the single patent to. Let's do the dual cap. We already own it. We can just manufacture it and make the and money keep ourselves. It in house. Okay. Yes. And they said we'll well we'll consider it. A big company like that. You got to go through a whole the whole committee and all right. the bureaucratic mm-hmm. tape. Blah, blah. Bottom line, they say, "Nope, we're not interested."
1: Okay. So he's
0: frustrated, and he sa- he sends an email to them. He says, "Hey, if since BD doesn't want it, do you mind if I look and see if I can f- find a company that will license it like we did with the single cap?" They never answered his question. Okay, they never responded to that email. He sends another email. They never responded to that email. Well, Min had been in the business for 27 years, so he starts looking for people that he knows that would be interested in this. Okay. And there's, there's a company that they work with that they make the alcohol, the antiseptic that they use in a lot of their products at BD. Okay. And they were like the only manufacturer that, that BD contracted with for that. Okay. And he explained to them, hey, you know my single cap and how much success we've had with that. I have a dual cap. Would you guys be interested in manufacturing that? And that guy was like, yes, hell yes. I would love to manufacture that. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Let's put this together. Min was saying what we could do is actually do the manufacturing in China. We BD uses a lot of factories in China to do a lot of things. We can use those connections to get this thing rolling. And then maybe later transfer it back to America. He says, "Yeah, let's do that." Min goes to his superior. Hey, can I go to China to talk about this? And he writes a letter to go to China to do business. You have to have a letter stating why you're there, like why mm-hmm. you're there, who you're doing business with, mm-hmm. what company mm-hmm. you are representing, mm-hmm. because the work visas are very very strict. And so you have to disclose all of that. So Min gets a letter from his boss.
1: Is it the savage lady? No, she's the
0: patent attorney. Okay. So there are engineers that are Min's boss. And that guy writes a letter and says for China, a letter to go to China that says that Min is representing Becton Dickinson and he's looking at this to, to create some products for us and please allow him into your country to do some business. Okay. So Min goes to China. He meets with some factories, does some stuff. But to do a product like this, you don't just do it quickly. There's a lot in the process. Sure. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, there's a company in Chicago that's making some cleaner that is being sold to hospitals all over the place. And they're making some really good profits. And BD was interested in acquiring that company. And as part of that... Men's superiors asked him, hey, we're thinking about acquiring this company because they, they called men's research department the scrub division. And when okay. I tell you that he'd go to the hospitals and watch the doctors scrub up, right? Uh-huh. that's why they call it the scrub division. A lot of what okay. he made, the scrub soaps that doctors use, the antimicrobial, okay. the foil packets, every single thing that they have, like when a doctor is at an office and they open a foil packet, guaranteed there's a patent on that foil packet. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, everything. So, okay. this other company was basically another scrub division, it, not, a, okay. not a scrub division, it was another scrub company. They okay. were doing similar products, and they said, hey, could you please, like, investigate this company and tell us, like, is there, should we acquire them? And Men did his investigation, and he says, no, they have a lot of problems. I've tested their products, and they don't meet FDA standards. okay. And so they said, can you prove that? And he said, absolutely. So he does his test. And now you have to know, Min was very, very bright, as I've said. But mm-hmm. along with that came some arrogance. Okay. And Min felt like, hey, if I tell you this isn't, doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like I shouldn't have no, to prove it to you. Uh, yeah. But he's like, yeah. sure. So he does his testing. It comes out that they are not meeting FDA standards. There are some bacteria in this, actually. Some okay. Thing. And the FDA didn't catch it. Men caught it. Okay. And so BD let the FDA know. So they had to freeze making that product, which was their biggest money-making product, which put them in a financial bind. It really, like, crippled them. Dropped them the, to the their other knees company. financially. The other company.
1: Yes, okay. And
0: when they got dropped to their knees, guess who swooped in and bought the company? BD. Yep, Becton Dickinson went in. Oh bought, no! Bought up Carefusion. Well, Carefusion is basically the same thing as Men's Company, right? It's his right. division? It, they do basically the same thing, right? So now they had to merge these two companies, and when they did, the woman that ran Carefusion <laughs> e- that that men had just proved that they were doing something that was unethical, Not- and they took hit, right. big, got mm-hmm. big fines. That woman, they made her men's boss. What?
1: Right. Right. Oh, my gosh. So, you can imagine that she that did That doesn't not. even make any sense. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Re- oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. So. We just shot her feet out from under her. Uh-huh. You just asked me to do that. Why don't you make her my boss? Right. Because that's going to go really well. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to work perfectly. I bet she'll oh, really yeah. like dealing with yeah. me. Oh, my gosh. So
0: <laughs> I personally believe she hated men for this. It changed her life. Who wouldn't be pissed off? I don't know who in that spot would not be mad.
1: Changed her life, not in a good way. She got yes. absorbed into a company she didn't want to be in. And right. got slapped down saying she did I mean, this is public information.
0: You can Google this and you will see that what mm-hmm. I'm saying is true. Mm-hmm. And publicly, she was heading a company that got spanked by the FDA. Mm-hmm. Very serious stuff. So then she becomes Min's boss. And you couple that with b- Min's arrogance. and all, look, So yeah. it kind of became this perfect storm. And then, oh, ben, yeah. and men keeps telling people, he keeps saying, hey, I am, I'm in my 60s. I don't want to do this forever. Right. My family doesn't live very long. I don't have a lot of time left to live and I don't want to spend it in this laboratory for the rest of my life. You need to bring someone in to train them to take my place. And, and he was begging them to do that. And he, anytime that the new company came in, and a lot of times Beckton Dickinson would acquire a lot of smaller companies. They did it very often, and every time they did, and that affected your division, and of course this affected men's division, because they were the same thing. So, at that time, like, a lot of people would get laid off. Right. But they couldn't lay men off. He was that division. Right. At that time, they had laid off all kinds of people in his division. He was the last one left in Salt Lake City, in Utah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, they
1: couldn't lay him off. He was it. He
0: was the man. So they can't lay it. off. And, and so he late. just
1: did, and he just provided over two hundred patents for you. Like, oh, you, exactly, that would be crazy. Yeah, it would be crazy. Yeah, and so they have to do a new
0: employment agreement with him. And okay. they did this often. He'd signed many of them. And when they brought sure. them the employment agreement, he said, "Do you mind if I have my lawyer look at this?" And they said, "No, that's fine." He took it to his lawyer, and like lawyers do, I don't know if anyone's dealt with a lawyer on a business negotiation, they take a red pen and they just say, do not not this, not this, not this. <laughs> like, you forgot a period. We don't oh, this like this sentence. You're, you're not going to mm-hmm. agree to this. We're not agreeing to this and this and this. And if they want to buy men out of his contract, they wanted to pay a minimal amount of money, and the lawyer's like, no, 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 no. no. It's going to be like four times that, five times that. Mm-hmm. Which, we're talking about a fair amount of money, but are you kidding? But he's provided 200
1: patents. Yeah. Yes. That this company owns. Yes. Yeah.
0: And they're making money with them. It's not like... Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: So he brings the contract back to them, and he shows them, this is what my lawyer suggests, and there's it's like red-lined all here and there and there and there and there. And they say, hey, if you don't play ball with us, you could get fired. <gasps> and Min was like what? And they're like, you, you better sign this contract. Otherwise, you're going to regret it. Oh, and, no. Like to sign it as is. And Men's like, no, no, I'm not signing your contract as is. I'm not going to do it. And he says, this is my lawyer. It wasn't Men, Right. Cross that stuff out. It was a lawyer and it, it, right. an employment lawyer. It, mm-hmm. like, these are professionals. They're using experts in their fields. To, so, so for BD for that boss to get offended by that? Like, what? Give
1: me a break. Yeah. Now you're arrogant. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Mint takes the contract. He had a vacation plan to go with his family. He would vacation a couple times a year. And like he always does, because this guy's a workaholic, he -hmm. took his laptop with him. They were in Haiti on a family trip. He has his work laptop, because he's always working. Right. And while he's on his vacation with his family, he gets a phone call from headquarters, from one of their main offices on the East Coast. Their main okay. headquarters for BD are on the East Coast. And they, they call him and they say, can you be here tomorrow? We have to talk with you. I'm on vacation, but and they're like, you need to be here. So he gets a plane, flies out, and he's there the next day. They, and they tell him, bring your laptop. He goes to this meeting, and they start questioning him. And he realizes very quickly. Now, they recorded this meeting, and it was later used in trial. In this meeting, they start questioning him like he's a criminal. This is a guy who has been so incredibly loyal loyal to this company. He loves this company. He has no plans to go work for any other company, no plans Mm -hmm. to create another company. Did he Mm -hmm. want to license his patent? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. He made that very clear.
1: Mm -hmm. But he
0: wasn't forming his own company, but they start asking him, have you ever downloaded anything from your lab onto your laptop and taken it home? And he was like, yeah, I, I always do. That's how I work. And this is true. They had changed the policy somewhere between like three and six months before this, where people were no longer allowed to take anything prior to this. And I learned this from Mm -hmm. interviewing many people their backup system, even though it was a huge company for the guys that were really inventing things, not just like showing up and doing a paycheck, but the guys were actually creating things. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: They would tell them, Hey, don't trust just this, our computer system here to back up your inventions, your creations. You should back up your own work. And so men was kind of this mad scientist guy and, and, and a bit of a hoarder. And he backed up everything. Digitally, on paper, he had backups of Mm -hmm. everything every which way. And he knew where everything was. He was a genius. And so he had all this stuff backed up. And so he's in this meeting and and he could feel like, wait a minute. You guys are acting like you're accusing me of something. And then they're saying, did you go to China recently? Were you talking to people about this license? Well, yes, but I was told that I could. My boss, Brian... He signed the paper. No, he didn't. No one approved you going. You sneaked off and went to China, and you were selling our trade secrets. Oh,
1: no. And he's
0: crushed. You can hear this in the interview. Like, it's not an interview. It's an interrogation. And right. And he's right. crushed. He's like, what are you saying? I have been loyal to Becton Dickinson my whole life. 27 years I've worked for you guys. Everything I've ever invented, I've shared with, with BD, like, happily. I never tried to hold back any invention. I've shared everything. What are you talking about? And they're like, no, no, no. You leave your computer here. You can't take your computer home. And he said, well, I, I have like my family photos on there also. That's our property. You're leaving that. Leave us the keys to your office You can and your badge for work. Security will not allow you on premises of the corporation ever again. Oh,
1: my gosh. You are to
0: return every item, every computer, every memory stick, every hard drive everything you've ever downloaded anything to you have to return it to say he was heartbroken is just, is an understatement oh be devastating totally and yeah. he gets to utah and the feds show up now this is a guy who's like seriously he is he is buddhist and such a peaceful soul you know how i always say when people go to jail that they find their religion, God. their God, whatever uh-huh. it is. Uh-huh. If they're Catholic, uh-huh. they like. I'm really Catholic now. If they're yeah. Mormon, they're very Mormon. Uh-huh. Same thing for men. He was Buddha. He was Buddhist, but not didn't practice so much. When he started going through this crisis, he was now practicing he... his religion. Yeah. Uh-huh. and I love the philosophy, the, the spiritual approach to with the Buddhism. Zen.
1: The zen, just so the peace,
0: mm-hmm. yes, uh-huh. and he really did seem like a, he, yeah, he's like intense with his, mm-hmm. with his creations, but I do not believe he would ever hurt anyone,
1: right. very
0: peaceful man. He gets home to his house with his wife, the feds show up, bam, 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 not knocking, pounding on the door, open up, we have a search warrant for your house.
1: What? Oh, my gosh.
0: Then they came in with their SWAT gear to search a scientist's house. And they, and they go into his office. His office was much like his lab. <laughs> what appeared to be chaos to us. And, sure. And a bit of a hoarder. But to really? him, he knew where everything was. Everything was, were, yeah. And they had subpoenas for every computer he had, every... every Memory stick every memory device. He had every hard drive and they took everything seized it all and Then they arrested men And then they arrested him they arrested him this gentle Buddhist little Vietnamese man Who had served like this company like faithfully for 27 years. No one does that anymore They had him thrown in jail like he was You're charged, shitting. he was charged with Chinese espionage, and he is freaking out. Like, You're, what in the oh, world is happening? I would happening? have been compl- I would have been freaking out too. Yes. So that goes on for years. I meet men just before, like months before trial, when they put him in jail. Did he have to stay in jail no. for the five years? No. Okay, allowed him to post bond,
1: and then he called his attorney. He I called hope. an attorney somewhere. Yep,
0: called an attorney yeah. and got out. So. As I'm preparing for trial, I'm working with. Uh, men had like three main lawyers that were working on this initially. One of them was a relative of his who is super bright, and she'd graduated from Harvard. No slouch at all in the law. She's the one that initially right. reached out to me. She was out of California. She explained they just hired a couple lawyers from San Diego. Their names were Tim Scott and John Lemon that had both gone to Stanford. Like, we're talking these three lawyers are from top Mm -hmm. notch like right holy crap this is cool right and considering that i don't have a lot of faith in a lot of the lawyers that for as as you've heard in the previous episodes why Uh i was really interested but you know you never know just because they went to a good school yeah. does not mean these guys are going to be any good. It means nothing. doesn't mean exactly. they're going to be passionate mm-hmm. about what they do, that they're going to care no. enough to know this case. Yeah. And it's kind of a complicated yeah. case. So, Very much so. I did not meet them at first because they were in San Diego. We sent emails. We talked on the phone a little bit. But in the meantime, I'm in Utah kind of holding down the fort here for everyone, finding all uh-huh. the witnesses that can corroborate what Min says. And one of the things Min explains, because he's – Charged with stealing trade secrets because he had the, his inventions, his ideas, his work, his lab work, all of that on those computers that he had with him on the trip. He had them in his house. He had stuff from oh. from BD everywhere. So, okay, men was telling me, hey, everyone did that. They actually told us to do that. That used to be our policy. Only recently did they change the policy, but. Men's old school. He wouldn't describe himself that way, right. but I would describe him as but, old yeah. school. Like, hey, we always did it this way for 27 years, and you're not going to just change the system. Yeah, I'm just going to do
1: this till I retire. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. my invention. I'm going to stick
0: this on a memory stick and put it in my pocket. Like, I'm taking yeah. it home to work yeah. on it. So I had to go right. find all these engineers that he said, yeah, they would know this. They worked with me, they knew the policy that they told us to back up everything on our computers that not only did the corporation have a backup but we would also have a backup they were having it like duplicate and triplicate like to make sure, sure. everything was was protected So I was so nervous to interview these witnesses because I don't know how these people feel. I mean, when you're charged with Chinese espionage, it's pretty serious stuff. Yeah. And so I don't know if they think like, yeah. He was never allowed to come on the premises ever. Like he literally would never went back to BD. Was never allowed on the property. And they told all the employees, if you see men ever come around here, Tell security because he's not Call allowed. Security. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, no one's going to talk to me. Like, mm-hmm. and the word was, hey, he's being charged with Chinese espionage. As we approach right. trial, no one wants, no one one wants get to close. be part of that. No, and they make ah. they make good money working for BD, so they don't want to sure. risk their job, their livelihood. Yeah, that's a big deal. reputation. So yeah, <laughs> I start calling some of these engineers, and I'm used to like my murder cases. Nobody wants to talk to me, and it's hard to get people to talk to me. And I'm thinking, this is just more of the same, except they're going to lose their money if they speak up against me. Uh Anyone that worked with BD would either tell me they wanted nothing to do with me, or they just wouldn't answer my call or return my call. But here's what was really interesting. The engineers that worked under him, or uh, even some of his bosses that worked over him, not only did they want to talk, But they loved men and were grateful for everything they'd learned from him. And they were so excited to help. Like, hey, anything he needs. And I said, well, we're going to need you to testify to this at trial. Are you willing to do that? Most people, that's the line. Like, no, no, no. Right. Mm -hmm. All of them that were no longer at BD, all of them said, we love him. We will help him. It was the oh, coolest wow. thing to see because I so rarely see He had it. a great
1: following. He really right. did. They had so wow. much
0: respect for him. and That's awesome. So I had to serve all these people their subpoenas. Mm-hmm. BD was just playing games with us. They could have accepted service for all of the employees. Just because they were on their witness list doesn't mean that we can call them as a witness. We only get to cross-examine them. But if we want to go beyond what they want to talk about, and ask our own questions they have to be our witness and they oh their lawyer could accept service for that but not going they wouldn't agree to accept service which meant i was like just hoofing it like knocking on their doors you were there's a subpoena oh my gosh like it was so fascinating because you get these people that are very sophisticated positions, very uh-huh. like, impressive jobs. Highly are, educated. Highly educated. High, yeah. And uh-huh. I knock on their door and uh-huh. I'm on the other side of their employer, of their paycheck, right? And uh-huh. they, oh man, I I remember a couple of these guys were like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm the investigator. I work for the defense of men and you've probably heard, yeah, I know all about his case. And I'm like, okay, here is a subpoena. Do you have any questions? And I don't didn't usually ask that, but I kind of wanted an opportunity to interview them and they'd be like, sure. I remember this one guy, it was a cold winter night and he was <laughs> he did not want to invite me in his house, which is okay, you don't have to, but he really right. wanted to yell yeah. at me and he it was like he was so torn because I think he really was a good good person, <laughs> but he was like, "Yeah. How can you do this?" And I said, do i said i'm an investigator like how can i investigate this like is that your question and then i think what are you talking about and i think he was too smart then he realized this is stupid but i'm asking so he's like yeah yeah "Ah." so he's like "Mm, never like never mind he's like fine i'll be there he's like i'm calling my lawyer Uh, i bet you do (laughs) like okay I bet, and and you should. As you should. (laughs) And his lawyer is the Uh Beckton Dickinson lawyer. He's not paying for a lawyer. They're paying for all these. Right. 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 uh, As we get close to trial, there was one witness, one engineer. That guy. Oh my! He had been men's boss, and he was actually. He was so good looking. I had the biggest crush on that guy. Like he was good looking, (laughs) and and smart and had character like this guy had so much integrity but initially when we interviewed these people i'm not kidding we had to i i did it with one of the lawyers where we'd interview them Uh and we had to pick a neutral location and we had to interview them on sundays because they were afraid that someone from bd would find out that they had spoken to us
1: oh my gosh
0: i've done a lot of murder cases i've done assault cases all kinds of stuff Right. Never had I had witnesses that scared. Wow. But not like this. Like we were like hiding yeah. in in a conference room in a hotel and making sure like did anyone watch you come in? It was so crazy. But when you're talking about wow. 17 billion dollar corporation, they've got money. Right. And so you never right. know what they're going to do. And power.
1: So not much only power. money, but they have power. Money is like power. they could
0: They can ruin a life. Look what they're trying to do to men. Exactly. And when you talk about that, I'm glad you brought that up. Because one of the things we learned in Discovery and the evidence from the government, I'm surprised they shared it with us. They're obligated to, but I'm still surprised. BD had hired the former U.S. attorney, the head federal prosecutor in Utah, as their local counsel here in Utah. He had been the lead prosecutor in federal court. And now suddenly... He had just been contracted right before these charges came down against men. He would just been contracted as one of their attorneys. I'm like, what? Now, wait a minute. Isn't that a huge conflict of interest? (laughs) Can you do that? Well, not only that, it gets even worse, Shelly. So this guy, as the former head U.S. attorney, writes a letter to the prosecutors at the U.S. attorney's office and says, we at Becton Dickinson want you to charge men with Chinese espionage and apparently they had responded and said we don't think there's enough evidence we don't think we have a case for it and Brett who I don't I wouldn't really consider him a friend but we're colleague right we've talked about uh-huh. I know him. yeah we right. are acquaintances uh-huh. and Brett tells them and he's in private practice now So he writes another response to the U.S. attorneys, and he said, Hey, I believe you can charge him with espionage and or theft of trade secrets, and I believe it so much so that I am actually going to prepare the indictment for you. And he wrote up the indictment. Wait. the, The attorney that was for the state of Utah did that? He had been the head U.S. attorney for the state of Utah, He then quit, went into private practice, and in private practice, yeah, you can work for anyone, and BD BD hired him. They they have a handful, not just a handful, they probably have 100 attorneys at least, like full-time on their staff. But they decided they needed this one special attorney right here in Salt Lake, who happened to be the former U.S. attorney, and he happened to write an indictment.
1: Wow. Wow. That's wrong on so many levels. It is so totally wrong. And money talks. So I'd like to know how much they paid him. I would too. To do that. Because that's a bunch of BS. When I heard that, I was like, that is sickening. That is. That is so, Mm -hmm. so wrong. Money
0: talks. The prosecutors Mm -hmm. denied that he had any influence on them. They're like, oh, he didn't have to do that. Like, We didn't need any help. Whatever. So You may not have, but he wrote it for you, honey. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you need to understand when you're indicted in federal court, the indictment will read United States of America versus your name, which is pretty damned intimidating. And as if that weren't enough in this case, it is such a David versus Goliath because you've got not only the U.S. government and the FBI and the U.S. attorney's office and everyone they need. But you also have a $17 billion corporation with Becton Dickinson and them using their attorneys. And then hiring another attorney to write the indictment and influence the U.S. Attorney's Office. I was pissed. I hate bullies. And they had my attention. And I know this is a huge goliath. This is a huge, huge enemy. Not just one, but a very formidable enemy for us to go up against in trial this trial is intense it's exciting listen to the second half of this episode to hear the conclusion of David versus Kaliah